Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Audacity. Fourth week of consistency. Don't try me. Um, today, the song that's stuck in my head is uh, that song, You you Got What I Need, But You Say He's Just a Friend. That's not, so in case I just start singing that randomly, that's what's in my head right now. It's an earworm. Okay, so this is kind of an emergency episode, but not really because it you know what, like bad things happen in threes. And I have three good examples of what the fuck I want to talk about today, including what happened with Will Smith. I mean, it just kind of all fell in line. And so today I'm going to be talking about, (laughs) today I'm going to be talking about how whenever a black person does something right or wrong, this, these examples I'm going to be using, one of them's super wrong, but the other two, I mean, it's really up to personal conflict resolution like it's really up to how you handle things but when someone when a black person does something a black woman or a black man it's immediately met with anti-blackness if the masses find it wrong or if a group of people find it wrong it and they're critiquing a black person or they're criticizing a black person it's always followed with anti-blackness or really nasty things said about black people and then it makes me be like okay so is it well, one of these, this doesn't count, but for the other two, I'm like, is it really what they did so bad that you have to be so nasty and repeat racist rhetoric that you probably already believed? So let's get into it. So of course, we're going to start with Will Smith. Today, I'll be talking about Will Smith, Doja Cat, and you don't know him, but he is internet famous. We're going to be, we're really, I really like my pop culture is not everybody's pop culture. And I really like to dive into my parts of the internet. I, I'm a child of the internet. I grew up on the internet and I really want to die. So this, he's an influencer. His name is Denzel Dion. I know some of y'all know. And he's best friends at Ricky Thompson. Look at Ricky Thompson. If you see a photo of him, you, you'll you know who he is. Um, So he's best friends at Ricky Thompson and he did some shit. So let's get into it. Okay. So the Will Smith, the Will Smith slap. Okay. I, I'm going to try to break this down into three realities. Cause <laughs> I, I guess some of the stuff I'm going to say is going to sound contradictory, but it's multiple things to me that can be true at once. So at first, let's just start with the slap itself and people calling it assault or the like the worst thing I've ever seen. Or, I don't agree with violence. I really think that that's your personal conflict resolutions, like how you believe conflict should be solved. Because I'm talking to my friend and she's like, yeah, violence is never the answer. And I'm thinking to myself, you can't get mad at somebody's reaction to your disrespect. That's my personal thing. And some, I am the, of the personal belief that sometimes you have to touch people. Sometimes you have to get physical with people for people to understand, like, cause not everybody understand when you try to be like, here's the thing, speaking from experience and literally some people don't understand nice. Like you could be nice and say, don't do this. Please don't do this. And bitches won't get it. Bitches will understand when they get hands put on them. What the fuck you meant? Like they'll magically understand. And to be honest, if I could live in a perfect world where there wouldn't be consequences like going to jail or getting pressed, like charges pressed against you. I would be beating bitches asses. I'm sorry. Like some of you hoes need to get hands laid on you. I'm sorry. Like, and that's an argument more for me talking to a black person because when white people say violence is not allowed, just go shut the fuck up and sit in a court. Go sit down. You're in timeout. Sit down. And don't you say anything for the next eternity. Like, <laughs> like shut the fuck up. Like, so I, I, that's more me just talking to my peers in a a more serious setting when I'm not with my peers and it would be a person who's ill-informed, I would just say, shut the fuck up. Like, let's not go down the history of violence and what some of the things you did. Because some of the things that white people did to black people during slavery and colonialism and all that, wow, like, 
some of the worst things you could possibly imagine. So I think they should just never talk. Okay, so that's kind of how I feel about the slap. It, just in that, like in just an isolated incident, but it's not an isolated incident, duh. It is composed, it's like all of the dialogues that I had in college, all of the separate books I read for each issue have compounded into one space and one event in one, it's a final countdown. Like <laughs> it just happened all in this moment. So on a petty level, on a super petty level, like I'm down in the gutter and I'm getting dirty. I'm team will. Cause like I, if like I, I think I've slapped somebody too. Like, I don't know if I can recall who, but I think I've slapped somebody. So I get it. Like sometimes the words just are not wording the words. They can't come and you just got to get like, you just got to touch a person. Like you just got to touch them and let them know. Don't try me. I'm gonna catch a whole motherfucking family. And I ain't playing with nobody fucking around. And I'm gonna catch a body. Like I've never related. Like that is one of my favorite songs. I've never related to a song more. So an aspect of it is like, let's actually, let's just hop into the respectability politics. Cause that's what's coming to my mind. So my first reaction when I saw this was they not about to let black people back next year. Like, I think that was everybody's first reaction. Like they said, you niggas cannot come back, but that's my first reaction. And I'm here to debunk. I don't agree with that. Like some black people that I've seen on Twitter or either have talked to are all about respectability politics. And you shouldn't do that in a room full of white people because they're just going to think you're niggers. They they thought we were niggers before. They thought we were water eating uh, monkeys, picking innies before. Like they thought that shit. That's not new. Like they didn't just magically come to that in that moment. They felt that way. And even Bernice King, Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter tweeted that. Period. Like, I agree. Like, so I didn't get the respectability politics. Like, it doesn't matter if they did it in a room. And I also feel like, not also feel like, it's factual. If it were white people, they would have been given the full breadth of human emotion to say that people make mistakes. Like, there are so many people in that room in that room who have made mistakes, either been heavily racist or have c- committed so much violence against women. And they're talking, like, in the same, they're talking about what Will Smith is doing as toxic masculinity toxic masculinity okay most of those people sitting in that room have me too allegations and I'm talking about all colors like a lot of those people have me too allegations or are probably exploited an employee like have done some fucked up shit so I mean it, it's not the, the most brazen it's not the most like worse or like he's not the only one doing some toxic masculinity shit and we'll talk about that later so I I just never agree and I I, I, I feel bad saying this, but I think that respectability politics will be the shackles that hold us to the bottom of the ocean. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, and I hate to be that, like, but that, I think that's what's holding black people back because at the end of the day, if you're everything that you think I am, it like, does it matter? I don't give a fuck. Like I got to go about my day and do what's best for me. I, I don't care if you think I'm a watermelon eating monkey. Like <laughs> I don't give a fuck like that. I personally, Oh God. Oh God, I just had a thought. This is my thing. Like I'll be having arguments and I'll be like, fuck, what about this? And my, what about this is I can acknowledge that in some places you do have to be a respectable Negro. Like I would say engaging with uh, police or any like authority figure that can take you to jail. I think you have to, if you want to, sur- like if you want a chance of survival, and it doesn't even mean you always survive. You kind of have to be respectable. You kind of have to be like, not fully who you want to be like you can't you can't engage in the way that you'd want to engage because your blackness would be immediately seen as wrong and you could die from an incident like that but at the end of the day like 
I guess I can't answer my own question. It doesn't matter if we're respectful or not. They still don't give a fuck, and they will still kill us. You're not safe. It's not safe for the black girls and the black boys. Like, it's not safe. It's not safe. It ain't safe. Like, it's not safe. So it doesn't really matter, actually. I answer my own argument. I don't agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. You're always a target. So, like... I, I don't think that I should have to behave in any way in front of a white person for them to not think badly about me because I am a person who believes that blackness is not a monolith. I am even it's it's hard, it's hard to explain. Like, even though we are one, we are not all the same. Th- that's not like very like cliche, like pep talky, but you know what I mean? Like, so I just don't agree um, with the respectability politics of it all and how you have to show up and how you have to be acceptable. Like, miss me with that shit and it my it, what also bothers me about that is it's black people blaming us for we need to behave better we need to show up better i don't like in a like in, it's not my problem that they're thinking that that's their problem they need to fix it what how they see me has nothing to do with me unless my life is imminently in danger so i don't really give up like oh like and people making jokes about the oscars being day class saying now and it's ghetto i mean it it's not like Here's my thing. Like, I would have, like, if you want to be disrespectful, I'm going to show you disrespect. Like, I kind of understand. <laughs> and maybe that might mean I have anger issues. That's fine. And I, that's fine. I'll hold that. But I don't really see what he did as, like, the worst thing to ever happen. I mean, the only the only critique I can really say is time and place. But is that respectability? That's I think that's respectability politics. And then thus I reject that argument. And I appreciate, I appreciate, like, I will have the same energy everywhere. Meet meet me at the mall, it's going down. Meet me at the track, it's going down. Meet me at the crib, it's going down. Everywhere you meet me, you know it's going down. (laughs) Like, oh, God. Like, young jock is right. Like, everywhere you meet me, you know it's going. Like, I'm going to give you, like, and for that kind of respect, because, like, you wanted to talk some shit, and I got action for you everywhere I go. So I don't know. In that way, I I low key think this is the most iconic moment in my lifetime. Like you know, everybody has their pop culture moment or a couple that define like their generation, and I'm glad that I'm experiencing this because wow, I was. Are you not entertained? Like I'm entertained. Like Will Smith is iconic, forever. What whether if you want to agree with the politics of it all. He's an icon. He's just an icon. Living started label, started label record. Misfits just did it. Didn't he even sample on that song too? So maybe he just knows he's an icon. Living. <laughs> okay, so we tackled the respectability politics. So now let's talk about alopecia and kind of this conversation about ability uh, or a disability. So my mom actually has alopecia. And I remember, which thinking about it can make me cry because it was, it was just such a dick thing of me to do. My mom was losing her hair. She was really stressed out. And she, I made a joke about it. Like, and I remember this joke and, it, and it, I could see the hurt on her face. But as a kid, I didn't register how hurtful that was until I got older. And I was like, damn, like I shouldn't have said that. Like, that's really mean to, as a black woman, to watch her lose her hair and the relationship she had with her hair because she was known for her hair. Her hair was very pretty. And so that's kind of hard, like, you know, to lose that. And especially as a black woman, I think 
that's that's why I'm like also like in a perfect world I really don't care like in a perfect world I don't care about this because they're rich at the end of the day and my my high key like on the highest of notes I think this is a conspiracy theory to not talk about that we're about to go through a food shortage that inflation is at an all-time high and that we are at record wealth inequality levels like I think like uh, obviously there's other shit to be talked about but it like so many pop culture moments they reflect so many real world motifs that I learned <laughs> I learned this from this show Grand Crew and I'm like yes like also everybody watch Grand Crew it's on Peacock and it's so good but there's some real world motifs and that can happen in your interpersonal everyday relationships or just engagements with your, your community so I think that that's why this is like low-key kind of important and I don't know I just like I think Solange's song Don't Touch My Hair it's the most ethereal song to talk about black women's relationship with their hair. Don't touch my hair because it's the feelings I wear. And then I think I reflect on my own relationship with my hair. And maybe there's something to unpack with black women in their relationship to their hair. But I love my hair. Like it is the feelings I wear. It does add to my self-expression. It does add to the way that I present myself. It totally does. And to just lose that on by something that you cannot necessarily control. And it's so important to us and, and it contributes to your self-esteem. All of these things and an image that is supposed to be in an image that is built and denigrated by white supremacy. It's like layered. It's denigrated by white supremacy, how you show up, how you exist. So I'm kind of like, I don't know, like it could be a really hurtful joke. And the thing is, if someone made a joke like that in front of my, like a bunch of my peers who are white, I would be so uncomfortable. Like, think about that. Like, think about someone else's point out something that you're insecure that has something to do with one of your identities and you're around not, you're around a bunch of white people when someone is saying something about your identity that you're insecure about, you're struggling about. And we're going to get into convenience next because I'm coming for Dave Chappelle's ass. And I've never liked Dave Chappelle. Never, ever, 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 ever. I don't think he's that funny. And maybe I don't have a sense of humor, but that's actually not true because I know I'm funny. I'm sorry. I I make myself laugh. And I think that's <laughs> on my own audience because I have to listen to myself talk and there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't think Dave Chappelle is funny. Fight me. Fight me, fight me, fight me. Meet me at the mall, it's going down. Meet me at the trap, it's going down. Meet me at the crib, it's Google, it's going down. Everywhere you meet me, you know it's going down. That's the type of energy I have. Fight me if you really feel some type of way about it. I'm coming for Dave Chappelle. But yeah, I just think, I think that that was very dangerous. And at the same time, I also, my friend brought up, because me and my friend, my friend, she's a friend of the pod, Haley, you know her. We we had an in-depth conversation about this like for a couple hours last night. And I think, we like, we just had, I had to talk it out with someone who, um, not has saying the has the same politics as me because I think we we both see the incident different. But we can me and Kaylee can have a very fruitful we can have a very fruitful discussion. And like yeah, she just helped me discuss. Like she helped me basically. She's a person I go to with a very unformed argument. <laughs> and as I walk through and discuss it with her, I like where my argument is heading. So. What Haley was talking about was like. But what Haley was talking about was that, like, we should look at what happened institutionally or structurally. Because she said Chris Rock probably didn't write that joke. Okay, fair. He may not have, he may not have written that joke. So who, she said a bad SNL writer, which I agree. I think SNL is also awful, okay? But probably a bad SNL writer wrote the joke, okay? And 
they probably gave it to him because he had a, a bigger plot of the show than a, a white man. He probably the only black person of that big of like besides Regina King. And I thought it'd be appropriate for him to give that joke. Um, and so that interaction happened. So I also like took a second to be like, yeah, I agree. Like it was bad from the get, like whoever wrote that, however it went, it was bad. It was, it was bound to be bad. And it also questions why is, you know, why are black women, um, allowed to be the butt of the joke, especially when it comes to their hair. Like no one actually really ever gives a fuck about black women. And someone will say, well, uh, Penelope Cruz and Javi something. I think that might be the couple. They also made a joke about their relationship. And I said, joking about one's relationship is, I feel very different than joking about one's appearance, especially when it's something that you did not want, something that is an autoimmune disease. And people on the discourse on Twitter low key has not been better. I'm sorry. Like I'm getting all types of discourse. Bitches are coming out of the woodworks who have not been active to participate in this dialogue. And I think it's equally, I think it's the most iconic moment on Twitter. And I've, I've been a part of a lot and I have to say, um, Twitter definitely got some heavy usage last night. Um, but people on Twitter were saying, like, we agree not to make fun of people, like, we're t- particularly talking about black people, black people in their appearance, because we have no idea what they're going through. Like, for example, no one knew that Chadwick Boseman had cancer until he passed away. Tracy Braxton almost passed, or Tracy Braxton passed away, and no one knew she had cancer until her family announced it after her death. And people in the meantime were making comments about them, making them feel very insecure. Chadwick Boseman, Chad- Chadwick Boseman actually deleted photos, and... Like, I think this also is like a call for us. Like, I know that, and I'm speaking, I'm really speaking to black people. This is a black people conversation that others can listen in, but I'm really talking to black people because also what's bothering about this is white people are chiming in and they're being anti-black and their language is just already infused with like bias and disgusting things to say. So it just doesn't come out right. And I'm going to bring up some examples of people who should just shut the fuck up, but they didn't. So like this, I'm really talking to black people. I think that jonesing like roasting can go a little too hard. Like, okay, so it's a roast. And my thing about jokes is everybody has to be in on the joke for it to be funny. Like everybody has to think it's funny or at least, at least the butt of the joke has to think it's funny or else someone's feelings are going to get hurt. And when you're roasting people, like you really have to have thick skin because people will say shit. And like, I've always wanted to be in a roast, but I don't think it would work well for me because then I would just get nasty. And when you go nasty, you just can't come back. So yeah, like I'm like, I think it just goes too far. Like jokes can go too far and jokes like humor is really a fine line. It kind of is like it requires perfect timing, appropriate subject matter, like it's it's yeah and that joke was just not it that wasn't a good joke whether Chris Rock wrote it or the bad SNL writer wrote it 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 just wasn't a good joke um and it if you think something's like that was kind of a disrespectful joke so then you kind of got what you got like but we already went through that like however you view conflict resolution when you're disrespected that's on you so yeah I think that was I just think you don't talk about people's appearance and don't joke. I, I, I don't, well, I called someone Macy Gray. So I do joke like that, but I recognize now later in life that that can be really hurtful. Cause I didn't know what she, like we were friends, but we weren't super friends at that time. So I'm like, I don't know what she was going through. I probably shouldn't have said that. That was me being insensitive. And even though I thought it was funny at the time, 
when she called me a Forrest Whitaker, my feelings were hurt because my eye was shut. Like, do you see, like, you get, it's a fine line. And this leads me to Dave Chappelle. In the same way that black women felt disrespected, particularly Jada felt disrespected by that joke, can't you see why trans people would be offended by you making jokes? And you're not even, I mean, at least they were both black. Like, you're not even affiliated in that community in either way. Like, you were just speaking. Like, you saying that she identifies being a turf, knowing the type of persons that J.K. Rowling and, and her associates are of, like, that's kind of sick as fuck. Like, People see, and I think it's because it's, it's people don't give a fuck about trans people. Okay. So a lot of black people can say, I see, I mean, kind of why, like, I think there's the aspect of respectability politics. There are some people saying violence never the answer. And then you have some people who are like, oh, me, you kind of protected your black woman. Like you kind of did that shit. Like, okay, you did that. I respect that. And I think it's because a cis hat, it's cis hat male hot mess. Everyone's like, okay, but uh, it, that he should be up, able to get upset, but trans people can't get upset because you actually made some really bad jokes. And people are going to say, well, did you watch the full special? No, I watched the, I don't have to watch the full special. And if you actually want to go on YouTube, there's this woman named Kat Black. She is a black trans woman and she goes through, she talks about how bad it is. So you have actual black trans people who've watched it telling you that it's bad and it's not like, it's, it's not in a positive light. And uh, it's just a bad look. Like, Yeah, I've just talked to some men who I'm like, Jesus, fuck, save you. Like, some someone, like, even, I, I'm not the biggest Jesus-believing person, but I want him to come down and fucking save you and or the rapture's coming because this is awful. Like, men who are defending Dave Chappelle saying it's not that bad, the jokes aren't that bad, or people who are just defending saying the joke is not that bad. I, I don't agree with you because I think that comedy now has turned to aiming at the lowest man like going for the easy pickings I me personally and everyone sees comedy to be different I always thought that comedy was the greatest when it was aimed at people in power ain't like instead of making jokes about her hair you could have made jokes about the food shortage like you could have brought attention to some real ass shit going on and I think comedy can be the best way to bring attention to real life oppressions that exist I mean look at black people black people make jokes out of our oppression every day and it's funny like I I don't know I I I think what he did was easy picking or whoever wrote it it was easy pickings like and I, I mean, unfortunately, he's a, even if he didn't write it, he's a messenger. He's the one who fucking said it. So it came out of his mouth. So I don't really know what to say about that. So yeah, I just, yeah, I think that humor can be used when it's aimed at the powerful person. That's how I see humor or, you know, laughing at your own pain because it's your pain. It's your lived experience. And not to quote a Kevin Hart short uh, special. But when you're making fun of or cracking jokes at the expense of trans people and they're not in on the joke or you're cracking fun at people who have experienced alopecia um, and they're not in on the joke and they don't think it's funny, it's actually really, it's really harmful because those jokes are rooted in a real life oppression. They're rooted in something. And you have other people who are laughing at that person, not with that person fully understanding everything that they go through and fully embrace. Like, it'll be one, here's the thing, the only way I think it would be acceptable is if people who had, who suffered from disabilities, people who had, had alopecia, were not made fun of, were not ostracized, were not treated differently because of their hair. If trans people People were not ostracized, treated differently, being killed at unprecedented rates. Like if none of that existed and everyone felt equal and felt like they had a stake in the game, 
bitch, I'm pretty sure bitches would be laughing, but they're not laughing because it's their real fucking life. And it sucks that people like that are making jokes at their expense. Like, I don't get that. Like, and this goes into comedians saying, oh, you shouldn't attack a com- comedian. You're not protected, boo. Like, you're not saying anything that's so extremely important to life and to, to the the overall welfare of people's beings. Like, what the fuck do you mean you're protected? You can you can still say disrespectful jokes and still get those disrespectful consequences. Like, you're not exempt. Like, I hate that we're also having the First Amendment debate with this, like, and discussing what is free speech. Like, and some of the bitches, like, I need my phone. Some of the bitches who are coming out of the woodworks to talk about this, what's so hilarious is they're being sent right back in. Like, literally someone will tweet something and body them so fucking bad they delete their tweet and even kathy griffin had the right to say something and i'm like bitch what was the didn't the secret service come and knock on your fucking door like shut the hell up you took it too far like what are you talking about chris chris rock just got a little like he just got smacked like i could understand if he gave him a wwe beatdown on that stage but he just said like you want to fight you want to tussle like you want to you want to say something disrespectful okay let's let's tussle babes and he did tussle but if i got slapped on an actual stage i don't know what i would do like i think i'd be i would have to walk off the stage like the show would be over the show could not go on i could not continue right right oh my god sorry i'm looking on twitter i'm trying to go to my because I really want to read these tweets. All in all to say, too, this is really nuanced. Like, I, I see Will Smith's side. I see Will Smith's side, and maybe it's because I have anger issues. But I'm still neutral. Like, I really think, at the end of the day, how I really feel is these are a bunch of rich people doing rich people things and having $70,000, $80,000 gift bags, and bitches are homeless. That's how I really feel. But because I'm petty and I love pop culture, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into the minutia of it, but I, I have to say I'm pretty neutral. I have to scroll back into my tweets with Haley. I wanted her to come on the pod, but she declined. And I think Haley would have had a, a very interesting perspective because like we see it differently. She thinks it's wrong and she's, t- she was t- if, on her petty level. She's team Chris. So we're actually the opposite. And she thinks violence is not the answer. And I think violence is the answer. Sorry. <laughs> like sometimes, like if I can really fight and tussle in real life without consequences, I'll be fighting and tussling. Because bitches don't understand when you want to be nice and use your words. They understand when you want to be nasty. Okay, so here's someone who came out the woodworks and who should should have never said anything. So Judd Apatow. Mod, Judd Apatow, people, you should know him. But if, if you don't really know him, he's Mod Apatow's dad. <laughs> he said about he, this is about what happened he could have killed him of course a dramatic reading that's pure out of control rage and violence they've heard a million jokes about them in the last three decades they are not fresh in the world of hollywood and comedy he lost his mind i don't know why i said that like that in the last sentence and then the girls had to gather him and be like aren't you the same person who defended lena dunham which look into Lena Dunham. That bitch, she's done. She's she molested her own sister. You heard me correct. And she wrote about it and she put it in a book. 
she denied rape allegations i believe on her show like she's done some pretty sick shit also judd apatow defended uh what's his name james franco when he has come out and admitted to being a predator and have sexually harassed and assaulted women before uh when seth rogan which i'm, I'm not posturing him up but i will say seth rogan did cut him off so judd apatow quickly got sent back to his corner and he deleted the t- tweet i want to say under 10 minutes so that was pretty good so then uh i actually have to go through my tweets all these then chris delilia delilia whatever the guy from season two you who played hendy he said something and they were like aren't you a pedophile sent him back to his corner i love black twitter like oh my god yeah i love black twitter i think um it's an honor to be <laughs> it's an honor to be black and on Twitter. Like you just get to participate in so much discourse. Um this is also an example of why people contributing to the conversation that should just never talk. Um Oh God. Jody Jody um Jody F- Smith Turner? T- Jody Turner Smith? Whatever, the girl from Queen and Slim who played Queen. Someone, she said, as far as that incident goes, I'm still processing. I have secondhand embarrassment for all involved. Someone said, have you seen Queen and Slim? God damn. That's rude as hell because Queen and Slim was awful. <laughs> also, I loved how, t- I don't know if, I, if I'm in a moment of distress, would I want Tyler Perry to come over to me? But I loved how Denzel came over there and he tried to mitigate what was happening. Like, I would want Denzel to come and talk to me if uh, I that, that happened to me. I don't know if I would want Tyler Perry. But for all the Housewives girlies, this reminded me when Portia not beat the fuck out of Kenya's annoying ass, which she also deserved. And that made me realize maybe I'm just pro-violence because I've seen multiple uh, incidents happen where respectability come into play. And I'm like, yeah, you should have whooped her ass because she kept putting shit in her face. If you're putting shit in my face and I'm irritated, we're, we, we might get physical. So I totally understood why Portia did that. But, you know, you have your black elders come over and speak to you and c- try to calm you down. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I would want Tyler Perry. Like I, that's, I don't want that a part of my narrative, but they may be friends. So I appreciated how he had someone, but you know, what also kind of made me sad. You know, when you're as a, you as a black person, you act the fuck up in public, you have this immediate regret. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I let them see me this way. I can't believe I let myself get there, all this. And that really sucks because who gives a damn? Like black people are never given the full breadth of their emotions or, uh, seen to be multifaceted individuals who can feel so many things at once or who can engage with so many different emotions like just because he did that that's not all that he is but people will see him as that's all he is like they're writing letters like yeah i used to be a fan of you you used to be my favorite shut the fuck up like sometimes you just gotta get jiggy with it like sometimes you just gotta let them know like so i don't know i feel bad too because like in after that moment you're probably having those thoughts like damn i can't believe i let myself get there and that shouldn't be the case. Like, okay, so you got there. Like, and Lakeith Stanfield, like, this is real shit. This happens all over the world. It just happened to happen on the Oscar stage. Like, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many other ways to say I'm not mad. I'm more mad. Like, my thing is, I kept telling you, I'm more mad about the discourse that's going to happen after and how anti-black it's going to be and how disrespectful it's going to be. Because it's really, like, it's nuanced, but also... 
And then they said they're going to take Will Smith's Oscar away. And now you got people, t- like, why does Harvey Weinstein, apparently Harvey Weinstein has 84 Oscars. Uh, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen. And, oh, that's another person who got sent back to her fucking corner. Mia Farrow, the mother of Woody, some of Woody Allen's, Woody Allen's kids, Woody Allen's kids. <laughs> She was like, this is the most ugliest thing I've seen on stage. And everyone was like, uh, didn't your daughter marry your uh, your husband? Which he did, which is really weird. Watch. It's, I think it's called Ronan v. Pharaoh. It's on. Um, I think that's what it's called. It's on HBO. And it's a it's a documentary on kind of what. Oh, it's not. I totally lied. It's called. Alan V. Farrow. How was close? Alan V. Farrow. And it's on HBO and it actually goes through and it talks about the abuse um, that Dylan Farrow faced. Um, and she speaks in it. It's, it's very powerful, very jarring. Like Woody Allen is going to hell. Like he's going to a special place in hell for what he did to that family. Um, and there's Ronan Farrow's also the person that's Mia Farrow's son. He also is the person who, um, broke the Harvey Weinstein story fitting. So yeah, Mia Farrow got sent back to her cage, but anyways, yeah, Harvey Weinstein, Roman Polanski, Wood and Allen, Woody Allen, a hell of a lot more people, a hell of a lot more people sitting in that audience have me too allegations. Let's, let's stop the fucking noise. Like let's not, fabulous said something fab is it fabulous 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 i think it's fabulous the what songs does fabulous say i know he's he's in the remix to i'm so into you i'm so into you i really like what you done to me i can't really explain it banger so he was on that remix and i know i'm fucking up his whole discography so i can only remember two songs and he was a feature and throw it in the back oh oh was that him yeah i think so i'm not even gonna look it up i think so he said love will make you do crazy things and someone says sir you knocked your uh girl's teeth out which he did he's a he's a woman abuser so some of these people are just coming out talking and i'm like don't say you don't have to say anything like don't do anything and I, I also think too white people chiming in on this it's just like they it their dialogue is like because they're not a part of the culture I think that's what's really missing you're not a part of the culture it's like they're looking down on us calling us fucking animals like seriously like we're a bunch of um savages like and I'm like your dialogue your critique your criticism because you are white and there's already that layer of racism because it's highly contested that even black people are at the Oscars. Um, this is the blackest Oscars I've ever seen, though. Um, and it won't be black. No, but they should let the niggas back because it's because of black people that you have your drama. Like, black people gave you the Moonlight La La Land drama. And black people gave you this. And now you'll have ratings because don't nobody give a fuck about these award shows. The only, people, the only reason people were tuning in were A, for Beyonce, and B, well... Now, because this fight happened. So, like, bitch, you got ratings. <laughs> yeah, this is a disaster. But I kind of live. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
I'm going to read some tweets from my professor or not my, I never took her class, but I always wish I would. Dr. Danielle Fuentes Morgan. And also she is an astute scholar on comedy. She has this book called laughing to keep from dying African-American satire in the 21st century. Super amazing. She also is featured in the let's talk about Cosby or we don't talk about it's um, I'm going to look it up because I need to get it right. Um, but it's on uh, Hulu and it's produced and directed by uh, W. Kamau Bell. And he was, yeah, he's really cool. We need to talk about Cosby. She's also in that. And she, she, she's so cool. She's so cool. And some of her tweets, which I like to read because I think that it's really true. Folks keep saying that Will wouldn't have done this, done that to someone bigger than him. When Will Smith is pretty fucking big, if you ask me. Well, Rock wouldn't have made that joke about the wives of any of his white comedian friends, Seinfeld's and Louis C.K.'s lives have offered a lot of comedic fodder, but The Rock won't touch. Um, and also, uh, didn't Chris Rock, Chris Rock gave him the inward pass. Like, he was singing in a room full with um, Seinfeld and Louis C.K., which Louis C.K. has me too allegations. So shut the, like... He's weird. Like, he's a weirdo. Like, we should, he shouldn't even be, like, anyways. Fuck Louis C.K. He has me two allegations. Um, and he said nigger, like, on the video. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, is this the company you keep? Um, also, they were saying that Chris Rock, not also saying, Chris Rock does have a documentary talking about black hair. So, I mean, with all that being said, you think that you'd have that documentary and understand black women's relationship to their hair enough not to make that. But I also have to say, like, okay, so let's say he didn't write it and he's reading a teleprompter. Aren't comedians supposed to be quick on their feet? Like, couldn't you have said something else? Like, or couldn't you have been like, eh, I don't know. Because maybe he just doesn't give a fuck. That sucks. Yeah. Woo. I'm waiting for someone to send me some think pieces. If you know any good think pieces on this, send me. The more racist, the better. I just want to hear what people have to say that's, like, kind of problematic. Um, not me actually spending hella time talking about this. I didn't think I could spend this much time talking about this. But, alas, here we are. Ultimately, if you think Will Smith made a mistake, aren't people allowed to make mistakes? Like, okay. But he's black, so he's he's really not. And also... Not everybody will handle things the way that you will handle them. Like, I think bitches need to realize that. Like, within reason. Like, let's not get crazy and try to justify heinous acts. But I don't think slapping someone's a heinous act. Not everybody will react to things the way you react. And all I'm extending, even I don't know if I would have reacted in that same way, but all I'm extending empathy and saying, I could see myself getting there. Like, if you put me in the right situation, hmm. I might get mad. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not, like, all I'm saying is, can we extend grace and, you know, um, empathy? And even if it's not something that you would do, can't you? Like, I could feel myself, get like, wanting to do some shit like that, especially about one that I loved and someone said something. But, yeah. Well, I've slapped someone. I, I can't remember. I wish I could remember the context, but it was recent, like, within the last five years. And I smacked somebody. Like, I slapped the shit out of them. Um, so... Yeah, I could like I see, I could see myself getting that mad, and also, there's just it's such like in America conversations are so black and white, but this also requires requires a lot of nuance, and multiple things can be true, and it's also about your perspective, how you see things in the world should how should how they should be in order. 
Now, the only thing that I draw the line at that with is respectability politics. I do think that that is the shackles that will be on our feet so we can't dance. Because... <laughs> You, if you know the song, you know the song. Like, only real bitches know. But I think respectability politics is ultimately what, what the thing that that will hold us down. Um, because that's the only argument. Like, every other argument that I see is more like, okay, that's personal perception. Like, that's kind of how you view it to be. Um, when it comes to like the physicality of it and kind of what happened. But the reaction I knew I knew was going to center on respectability politics and they we shouldn't have let or not we because i'm my own person i didn't go up there and do that he shouldn't have let the world see black people behave like that because what will they think of us i think that that's really toxic and i think we like Brittany cooper has a book about it let me look it up about she's one of the most profound writers she she revolutionized me like i have utmost respect for her but she has this book called beyond respectability um, and she, t- in, in Eloquent Race, she talks about what does respectability mean for black women. Uh, beyond respectability, the intellectual thought of race women. Highly recommend. But, yeah, I think, um, I, I just neglect respectability politics. So, therefore, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Let's cause chaos. Like, I don't care how it should have been or how we should behave. Like, you got to. Like, if you got to go, you got to go. Like, if you got to do what you got to do, you got to do what you got to do. And people are saying, like, I mean, I, I see all sides. But ultimately, I'll forever talk about this moment as, like, pretty revolutionary and pretty fun. Like, pretty interesting. Okay, let me make sure I'm hitting on my talking points. And then I'll move on to the, the other incidents I was going to talk about. I didn't, really, I did not really think that this would take this long. Also, this Nicole Hannah-Jones got her ass handed to her on Twitter so bad. Like, bitches have been exposing their true selves over this and getting, like, beat, like got the fuck on Twitter. Like, the last group ever that would ever want to check me is Black Twitter. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so scared because I'm like, damn, like, that's a gut punch. Like, that would really have me sit the fuck down forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever. Um, I'm just looking at Haley's talking points because I-, I wish she was here so we could have this conversation. Um, also, the um, awards was produced by their first black producer ever, which... <laughs> Haley said no more. They will not be letting any of us back. Um, But, like, at the end of the day, don't you think about it as ratings? Or is it, like, one of those, like, upper-class spaces that is so devoid of that because it's so classy and they're they're so civil? Like, is it one of those places? I don't think, like, I don't think so. Um, Oh, my last point I wanted to make. This is what I was missing. I knew I was missing something. There are people who are going to blame Jada for this. Like, she made him get up there. Don't do that. Don't, like, doesn't everybody have their own agency to do what they want to do? 
don't do that. Don't make it seem like she forced him to get up there. Why couldn't this like, okay, if you're saying she forced him to go up there, couldn't the other scenario be because you don't fucking know that he saw the look on her face and saw that she was deeply hurt because he knows what she's going through, struggling with alopecia and to actually experiencing someone struggle with alopecia is the saddest thing. Cause there's nothing you can do. Like, what do you say? So I just don't think that that's fair for people to blame Jada. Um, and also, too, I think it people just lack empathy for not having their li- like not having a similar lived experience because maybe you don't know someone who engaged who has alopecia. Uh, I'm not talking about hair loss, hair loss. I'm talking about alopecia, um, particularly a black woman who's experiencing, you know, reforming a relationship with her hair that she's had. And we've talked about, you know, the importance of a black woman's hair. So I don't know. Um, I just think they shook the fucking table and, and I don't, it's not Jada's fault. I don't want, like, I know people are going to say that. It's like, why are you blaming a woman for a man's actions when he's responsible for his own actions? <laughs> okay. Um, but also too, like, what does it mean to protect black women at any cost? Like, and is like my personal belief is that sometimes in this, like you have to, you have to kind of fight toxic masculinity with toxic masculinity in a way because it's like, um, okay, like you're going to say something like, and, and words can be violent. Like let's not, like when people, when words can be violent such as uh, for coloreds only or calling people the N-word or saying really harmful things, that can affect a person's self-esteem, that can affect someone's life. Like words are very harmful. And I hate how people say like, Cause I remember there was this saying in when I was a kid and I just fundamentally disagreed and it was, you, you probably know sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Lies. Words hurt as fuck. Like, let's not play those games. Um, you have to fight toxic masculinity in a way with toxic masculinity as a way. And like, if some, like, let's say you're in a situation where someone is threatening a black woman that, you know, you can't just sit there and like and like threatening like threatening violence, threatening words, harmful things. You can't just sit there and say nothing or do nothing, um, because there could be actual threat of violence. There could be something behind what they're saying. And I I'm not like people say this is what Chris Rock did. I'm using this as an example to say in that case you may have to threaten violence and say don't you fucking dare or else be about to get jiggy with it. Like you know what I'm saying like you kind of have to respond in a way to neutralize that threat. And you cannot neutralize toxic masculinity with oh, it's okay, like, we're going to talk this out like grown people, especially in a moment where severe disrespect has happened in a room full of your white peers who don't understand jack shit about what it's like to be a black person, black woman, anything other than what their reality is. So, like, you get frustrated. And this isn't Chris Rock's first time saying things, joking about Jada or saying things. Uh, So you want it, like... I kind of live for, he's like, you want to keep talking shit? I'm going to show you on a world stage. What also sucks is because, like, this didn't happen on the BET Awards, which I don't care. Like, I don't care that it didn't happen on the BET Awards or the Soul Train Awards. It was Nash, it was international, and now everybody's going to say something. And that's, that's the only thing. But I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, because maybe it'll be very insightful to how the rest of the world deals with issues like this. Because I want to see what all the different countries are saying to see, like, where's their headspace at when they see this? Are they, like, as bad as Americans are? I don't know. Like, these are kind of, these are really my unfiltered and unformed thoughts. Like, 
I, I'm trying to balance that on my podcast with be trying to like give my natural reaction, my first take, but it not be, it may not be my best take. And that's my hardest thing. It's like, I want to make sure I'm putting my best take out there, my best philosophy out there because I don't want to be malinformed. Uh, but then also like some of my best moments are when I'm like doing, saying being dumb and saying dumb shit. That may not be true. I, I think most of what, everything I said is true. Maybe it's just a matter of perspective. If let's, in conclusion, let me just put this in layers. Okay. So I personally believe in violence. Like I personally believe sometimes you need to touch somebody in regards to the fight. I then in the next layer think, um, I think this is a very nuanced issue. We're talking about a lot of different talking points for black people, black women, like some big things like, wow like god i never thought that in this moment i would be like going through the on everything i've learned spouting off like jesus okay and then um my third thought like my third layer like think of it as two layers of the earth my third layer is i don't really give a fuck like at the end of the day we're about to have a food shortage at the end of the day, eat the rich. Like, everybody sitting in that room, you can go with your $80,000 gift bag. Eat the rich. Um, how are we going to figure out how to put homeless homeless people or, or people who are experiencing homelessness in living situations, rents at an all-time high, uh, groceries are high as hell, gas is like... <sighs> Applebee's sent out this grueling letter, like, so disgusting about how they're going to smother the working class by saying that the labor market will be in their favor in no time and as people are looking for jobs they can reduce the rate um and that'll eat into their additional income that they're getting from this higher wage and i'm like that's really crazy like and they sent an executive sent that basically saying like yeah we can start cutting these bitches increasing our profit margin and i'm like that's really awful um so, I mean, like, there are, there are real-world things happening um, that are important. So, there's that. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it in a nutshell. Like, I understand that, the, like, I don't think this is really important in the grand scheme of things. But I do think, like, for example, it does um, express and show real-world themes that exist and how they can affect us in our re- in our day-to-day life and in our interpersonal relationships, large themes that are, are at play in our interpersonal relationships and our community relationships. I think that that's the, I think that that's a pretty good conclusion on how I feel about this. So we're moving on to Miss Doja Cat. Niggas ain't shit. Come up in your crib, all in your fridge, can't pay rent. Look at what you did. Listen to your friends when they say niggas ain't shit. (laughs) Um, so this is another example of how, like when something has done something that is perceived as wrong and or wrong, um, they're met with like their criticism, the criticism of a black person in this case, a black woman biracial woman. I don't know. I, 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 I can't like, I can't even right now. I don't even fucking know Doja cat. I don't know how to, I'm like, I can't, um, how Doja cat, um, was met with criticism and like they've people like, but this, oh God, I, I, it's about to be another rant. And I just gave all my energy for the first rant. Like, I can't believe I've talked about it for this long. But so basically Doja Cat went, she was going to do a music festival in pa- Paraguay. I, I know I'm saying that. I don't, I know I'm not saying that without rolling my R's. I, I'm doing my best here. 
she did a show in Par- she was supposed to do a festival in Paraguay, but there was a, a really bad storm, like a storm so bad that when Miley Cyrus is coming in on her plane, uh, lightning struck her plane and she had to do an emergency landing. So like it was a really bad storm and there was like flooding in the city. So when Doja, the, um, when Doja Cat came to her hotel, she came to our hotel trying to figure things out. A bunch of her fans like were waiting outside in a storm low key and she didn't say hi, like anything. And they got really upset with her and they started trending on Twitter. Like, Oh, Doja Cat, like, is so awful. And I saw the trend tweet. Like, I saw the tweets happening, but I just thought it was one of those so-and-so is canceled parties. Like, one of those hashtag trends. So I was like, okay. And then I came back the next morning, and I was like, oh, my God. What the hell? So, basically, they were so mad at her and basically saying, like, they started to get anti-black, and they started to be, like, calling her racial slurs, starting to say, like, really negative things. Like, even compared to Hitler, apparently Doja Cat is half Jewish. So I was like, ooh, ooh. And, like, bec- like getting really racist because she didn't say hi. And then she she start- she was combating with the fans and basically said, I quit music. Like, she's like, I'm over this. And um, their first gut reaction was to turn to, like, calling her racial slurs when they were just fans because they just went outside to go see her. And she doesn't have to come out to see you. And she came out at, like – after the storm was over and nobody was there and she was like, okay, like you didn't wait. So what, what do you want me to do? Um, and it sparked this argument talking about kind of like white Tinos, um, who some, I'm, I'm not speaking about all white Tinos, but this group of white Tinos, uh, separate themselves from saying they're not like white people, but then lash out and, you know, have the same white supremacy rhetoric or reaction to a black person's perceived wrongness, like calling, like calling her the N word, calling her racial slurs, calling her Jewish, like calling her Hitler. That's weird as hell. Like they're being anti-Semitic, like all of this shit. That's really weird. And I was like, and it's not just, there was another incident too that happened with, um, this Asian Instagram account. Like it seems that like, the gut reaction for criticism to black people is always going to be anti-black. It's always going to be negative. It's always going to be harmful, harmful stereotypes, harmful words, harmful bias, all of these things. It's, 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 and that's why, that's why race always will matter in a conversation because it's not, there's some context there. Like there's some context there. There's some, there's some implicit bias there. There's, I don't think that, you can give critique to a black person most of the time without it being bias filled as a non-black and oh god okay that's doji cat sorry for her and then also remy ma came at her and said she wasn't a rapper which i think that's kind of like remy ma low-key she's a she said multiple things i'm like girl can you not like go to the back please um and she did start a rap beef with Nicki minaj out of nowhere was it? I think it was kind of out of nowhere. Okay. So next, we're going to talk about Denzel Dion. Denzel Dion, is a, he's like a YouTube influencer turned Instagram influencer, but he used to be really big on YouTube. And um, it came out that they went to a party in LA. I'm unsure with who, but Winnie Harlow was there. And um, there was this woman, her name was La Demi, La Demi, La Demi. La Deme, I don't know, La Demi, and she starts putting her Instagram story, like, he attacked me, like, this, I can't, I didn't see the face, I didn't see who he was, but this big black man attacked me, like, super tall, 
Um, he was African-American, but she didn't put his name or anything. And she's like, this is a hate crime because she's trans. She's saying this is a hate crime, like showing all of like the bruises, explaining what happened. So then she finally like tags him and he's like, oh, this is Denzel Dion. But the way in which she was saying it was very like, um, I know it was you because you have a very distinct look because you're like a big, tall black guy. And I was like, some of the language that they were using, I was like, mm, there's a way to describe the person who attacked you without like telling someone that they have a distinct look, like no one else looks like you. You're, like that's, it gives very like, you're like a science experiment kind of, like you're kind of very weird looking. And like saying he he was tall, big and black. Um, I don't know, making fun of the shape, like making fun of him and his stature as he exists. And I honestly think like we don't, like we don't, talk about like how big tall black men exist in the world because they're seen as kind of scary so it was kind of like that that vibe like she was giving off in her post and so then on twitter it just manifested into a lot of people being anti-black like calling him fat making fun of his weight loss like really like really nasty things i'm like okay this is one that's not a perceived wrong it's wrong you beat up a girl she's saying in a really nasty racist way that it was you um and it's wrong you put your hands on a woman you're not supposed to atta- you're not supposed to attack a woman um and also too in the same breath like they're also being very transphobic towards her like s- s- dead naming her misgendering her mispronouncing her i'm like this is like some really weird shit like so you can really see it on both so- like that's an example of like there are two oppressed one woman is explaining what happened to her and the other one is in denying saying it didn't happen. And he has his fans. You can see them both going at each, like both their fans going at each other and just being very nasty about like who they are as people. There is a, I honestly think there's a way to make a read somebody like there's a way to make a, that I, maybe that's the whole thing. There's a way to make a joke. There's a way to state your point without dehumanizing people. Um, and just being nasty and like going for low blows. <sighs> But I mean, maybe I, maybe that's what they do. Like they're purposely going for low blows. I just think like it's so easy in the gut reaction. And it's because of white supremacy. It's because of racism is always to come for people's identities. It's because of transphobia is to always come for people as they exist and as they like leave them live and breathe in the world. And it's nasty. Like it's nasty. Like the one thing about the Will Smith thing that I was going to hate, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm just going to see so much anti-black rhetoric on my timeline and these thing pieces and it's just irritating because it it shouldn't exist because it's (sighs) black people are more than one thing like so I'm like what the fuck wow I did not think I had that much to say but um thank you for listening to my take on the Oscars moment because I know that there's a lot of content out there um my only thing I say is just listen to black women who are talking about this. I mean, a black woman was the most affected by what happened. I mean, that it was her who was the butt of the joke. Um, so I say listen to what black women have to say always. We're the most unheard group. We're the most unprotected group. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you in the next episode.